Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for the Shir and Likuti Halachas, Yoradeya, Chelek Sheni, Hilchas Pidyan Bachoyer, Halacha Hei, Paragraph Yud Gimel. We dedicate the learning today, Le'ilu Nishmas, Tami Bas Reb Herschel Tzvi, whose yard site is today, and Le'ilu Nishmas, Reb Shimshin Reb Nassim Barsky, Zichrona Levracha, whose yard site is today. He was a descendant of Rabbeinazal, who lived in Bnei Brak in recent years, passed away a few years ago. He was one of the oldest wrestlers in recent years, and was raised in, a, in the Hasidic Gura community, but started coming to Uman for Rosh Hashanah years ago, many years ago, and the last years of his life was the Balmakri, the one who, who led the, the shofar blowing in Uman on Rosh Hashanah, and Major Talmud Chacham Oyved Hashem, we dedicate the learning also for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Basgalia, Rochel Basgalia, Noya Nechama Basgalia, Yehuda Shmuel Ben Yael Tzuria, and the wife of Yaakov Ben Yael Tzuria, and the newborn baby girl, and Yehudas Ruchama Bas Chavarus, Sarah Yehudas Bas Sarah. Idis Bas Miriam Brindle, Michal Sora Bas Hadasa, Yehoshua Ruvain Ben Chana Esther, Rachamim Ben Rochel, Shimon Eliezer Ben Rochel, David Ben Behia, Shangel Bas Leah, Yaakov Yehoshua Ben Freindel Rechel, Aviv Yilona Bas Yusbehendel, Sorochel Bas Yusbehendel, Daniel Boruch ben Sora, Boruch Mordechai ben Tali, Tali bas Yael, Menachem ben Rishabasha, Chaya Shufia Shoshana bas Sora, Lei ben Jenya, Binyamin Yitzchok ben Liba Margaret, Eliyahu ben Miriam Rus, Shlamu ben Rifkesh Prinzer, Shana Taiba Bas Miriam, Lady Elchonah Ben Yael, Ben Yom Yitzchok Ben Liba Margarit, Ella Bas Sora, Chana Naomi Bas Ella, Ami Ben Chai Ben Yehudas Gila, Malkehinda Bas Kreindel, Besoich Sharcha Yisrael. Rav Nelson Zal is in the middle of explaining the beginning of Parshas Bechukoisai based on chapter 7 in Likutimran, in the second half of Likutimran that this halach is based on. And we spoke quite a bit in the previous year about this, and now Rav Nelson Zal continues. Vizeh, based on what we've been learning here, we'll understand what it says there. Uredaftem esoyevechem venoflu lefnechem lechorev. You will pursue your enemies and they will fall before you to the sword. And five of you, five Jews, will chase after a hundred of the enemy, and, and the hundred of the enemy will be frightened. They'll run away. They'll try running away. 
Kitzorich sheyeschazek b'chol koychol lihiyos ishchayel. Because Rabbein Asal explains over there in Likutim Ran that in order for a person to undertake the responsibility to provide parnasa for their family and to try to connect to the heora saratzayim that comes through parnasa, through achila, and all the other things mentioned there in that chapter on Likutim Ran, the person has to be ishchayel, powerful, strong. In order that the person should have a share in the holy kingdom. And take a look a little while later, Rabbi Nosan is going to expound on this Pasuk and Ashrei. That true kingdom, true rulership, is only the Malchus of Kedusha, when it's the kingdom of Hashem, the kingdom of the Jewish people. And this refers especially when a person is involved in trying to enlighten their friend about Hashem. And this is what the Pasuk means, you'll chase after your enemies. Rav Nosan Zal says there seems to be a question here. What, what kind of promise is this by Hashem? Hashem is blessing us that we're going to chase after our enemies. This is the ultimate purpose. This is our mission, the mission of the Holy Jewish Nation. To chase after our enemies, and to kill them with the sword. That's our goal to, 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 to revenge, take revenge from them, and to spill their blood. We know that what Hashem really wants is peace. And Hashem blesses us with, with peace. It would seem that it would have been enough what the Pasuk says there in that beginning of Parshas Bechukaisai that Hashem says, I will establish peace in the land. Why does it have to speak about chasing after our enemies? Why, why is this part of the bracha that will chase after our enemies? The truth is, it's very well known and very clear that Hashem created all of the worlds in order that Hashem should achieve recognition. As the Zohar Kodesh says it in three words, begin the in lay, in order that people should know about Hashem and recognize Hashem. And therefore, everything was created for the sake of the Jewish people, who would accept Hashem's Torah, which is holy knowledge, and it's through the Torah, which is this Das of Kedusha, that one comes to to know about Hashem and to achieve the highest level of recognition of Hashem. 
ועל כן, כל הגידול והמלוכה שיבוא היא רק לישראל, שאויסם רצוני, and therefore, all of the greatness and kingdom which will come only to the Jewish nation, to those who fulfill the will of Hashem, שזויכן לו זה הדס, who are privileged to acquire this das, for which everything was created, that's why it's only the Jewish people who believe in Hashem that are called Odom. As the Gemara says in Yevomus, that Atem Kruyim Odom, you, the Jewish people, are called Odom. Because a person who is not aware of Hashem and doesn't recognize the greatness of Hashem, who chaya bidamus adam, is an animal in the form, in the shape and form of a human being. As Rabbi Nezal expresses this in the beginning of that chapter on the Kutimran, chapter 7. And based on this, Every single one of us is responsible to be involved in making the world into a civilization. Which means to enlighten other people, to enlighten them about the existence of Hashem. That's called inhabiting the world. That with human beings. That's called perpetuating mankind. As Rabbi Nezal explains over there in the beginning of that chapter on the Kutiran. And when the Jewish people will be to fulfill the will of Hashem, we are required to make every effort possible to enlighten the other nations about this, about the existence of Hashem, and what Hashem expects from human beings. Kamei as it says clearly, Sapru vagoyim es Tell the other nations about Hashem's honor. Uksiv hoidiu va'amim aliloisov. Inform the other nations about all of Hashem's great miracles and all the great things Hashem does. We find this in many psukim. And this, this explains the purpose. We know that in the, in the Torah it speaks about certain wars that the Jewish people need to wage where it's a mitzvah to wage that war. And Rav Nosanzal says what the ultimate purpose of that war is to, to get those other people enlightened about the truth. To let them know that Hashem is the one who is running the world and, and everything in it. This is the real ultimate purpose and mission of the Jewish nation and of every single one of us. And this is the real meaning, the most important meaning of these words, you'll chase after your enemies. There's a passage that says, seek peace 
and chase after it. That word, uredafehu, that same term, chasing, uredaftan asayvechem, bechinas masheisa bezoyorokodesh. This is tied into what the Zohar Kodesh says, Zako Fortunate, blessed is the person who holds on to the hand of a Russia, Uboy and we have to chase after them in order to bring them back, in order to enlighten them about Hashem. Because this pursuit, this is the real peace. Real peace doesn't mean that we're just not shooting each other and stabbing each other and, and having economic uh, cooperation. Real peace means when people are aware of Hashem and living by Hashem's standards. Because so long as people aren't aware of the existence of Hashem and aren't aware of what Hashem expects from us, and are not fulfilling the will of Hashem, and are not leaving their sins and all the, the bad things that people do, even if it seems that the person or the community is living in peace, tremendous peace, that's not real peace. Ki ein sholoim omar Hashem lo reshoim. Because the Pasuk says in Yeshaya Novi, Hashem says to the reshoim, you do not have peace. Even if it looks like you're living on the Riviera and you have your swimming pool, that's not peace. Ki kolzman she'ein maisov oilem yofe kiritsani isboro. Because so long as a person's actions are not pleasing Hashem, are not what Hashem wants the person to be doing, how in the world can we say that that person is really at peace? Because inside of the person there is no peace. As the Pasuk says, Because of my sins, I have no peace inside of me. We know that the body is made up of physical and spiritual. And it's only if the physical is conforming to the spiritual, that's called peace. When the spiritual is is pulling in one direction and the physical is going in an opposite direction, that's not peace. That's machlokis. V'zehu bechinas uredavtem esoyevechem. And Rav Nosanzal says, this is really what the Pasuk is referring to. You'll chase after your enemies. That when the Jewish people will be doing the will of Hashem, as it says in the beginning over there, when we will be religious the way we're supposed to be, then there's an important mitzvah to chase after those who are not doing the will of Hashem. For what purpose? In order to get them to do tshuva, to bring them close to the real truth. That's the real definition of peace. As the Pasuk says in Zechariah Novi, Love the truth and peace. When there's emes, there's shalom. When there's sheker, there's no shalom. 
שזהו בחינס בקי שלום ורדפיהו. Seek שלום and run after it, chase after it. בחינס בואי למרדף הבסרי, like the Zohar Kodesh says, that it's worth chasing after, it's worth doing outreach. Outreach means going out of my comfort zone, going out of my very religious enclave, and, and trying to reach out to people who are not yet close to Hashem, who do not yet know about Hashem. <coughs> and this is what it means when a Pesach says, your enemies will fall before you, to the sword. Which sword are we referring to? The sword that Yaakov Avinu said that he used to conquer all his conquerors. Bechinas becharbi uvekashti. As Yaakov Avinu said to Yosef HaTzadik, I conquer the city of Shechem with my sword and bow. And the Gemara says, betfilosi ubakoshosi, with my tefillah. As Rabbi Nizal expresses this, in the beginning of the second chapter, in the first part of Likut Imran, that the main weapons of the Jewish nation are our tefillah. Question in the chat, but doesn't both Rabbi Nassal and Rav Nassal say in another place that it's prohibited to go after the evil people in order to be makari them, but we have to wait until they come to us? The answer is yes and no, meaning that we don't do religious, we don't try to force people to, to be religious. However, we do open up shuls we do open up yeshivas where we make it clear that those, for those people, for, to, to welcome them, that's what we mean here. When we see here chase after them, we don't mean physical, running after them in the street and grabbing them and, and pu- pulling them in. But we do mean in a, in a gentle, in a positive way, in a gentle way, opening the door for them. That's what it means. It doesn't mean literally, literally physically chasing after them. It, it means making, doing whatever is necessary to make it possible, to give them the option to welcome them, to invite them even, to invite them, that yes. The, the answer is, again, regarding a question in the chat, can we, can we clarify the Jewish approach as to as not proselytizing, and if people are our enemies, they certainly aren't interested in doing tshuva. <coughs> a person can't be forced to do tshuva. <coughs> the answer is, Rav Nosenzal here isn't talking about Hamas terrorists. He's not talking about murderers, those kind of people. He's talking about people who don't know about Hashem. People who don't know about Hashem. <coughs> and if it were offered, if they were offered the opportunity to know, they would, they would welcome it. They would join it. <coughs> there, there are institutions, Arachim, others, that make seminars <coughs> where they invite 
Chilonim, people that are not yet religious, people that have not had a Jewish education, to come and hear, come and listen. <clears throat> and again, the Breslov approach for a person to open up, to, to go, again, not necessarily to stay in their own Dalaramas, in their own little place, and I'm learning for myself, but rather to, to, be, to be a presence in different cities, in different locations, and to make, do, do advertising and promote that whoever wants to come is welcome to listen and to put these shurim in places where they're accessible to the public. There are many people today, some of the tools we have today to put the shurim in places where people who, go, who, who use those places are able to access those shurim and be able to become religious. I've had many people contact me and say, you don't know who I am, but I know who you are. I've been listening to your shurim because it was made accessible and available to these people. There's an awareness and consciousness that this is one of our important missions. I mentioned in the past, but it's obviously worth repeating, that when Yaakov Avinu was about to pass away, we talk about Yaakov Avinu as being the Bechir Shabavois, the choicest one of the three forefathers of the Jewish people. Avram Avinu was great, Yitzchak Avinu was great, Yaakov Avinu was greater in certain ways. Avram Avinu had a Yitzchak, but he also had a Yishmoel. Yitzchak Avinu had a Yaakov, but he also had an Esau. Yaakov Avinu, all of his kids, he was successful with all of his children. All of them, they're called Shiftei Ka, the heavenly tribes, Hashem's tribes. Hashem puts his name on each one of them. Hora Uveni, Hashem Oini, the hay in front and the yud in back. Hashem's seal is on each one of these tribes. And now, when Yaakov Avinu came to the end of his life, the highest height of his career, and he's ready, he feels the time has come to reveal the coming of Mashiach. And he tries to do it. He says to his family, Hey, us who gather around, and I will reveal to you what's going to take place at the end of time. And the Shekhinah leaves him. And then he gets, he's concerned that, wow, maybe I'm fooled. Maybe I was fooled. Just like Yitzchok Avinu was fooled to a degree regarding Esav, maybe I'm fooled. Maybe I think they're all holy and they're all good, and they're not. And all of them cry out, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokein Hashem Echod. Just like you believe in Hashem 100%, we believe in Hashem 100%. So what's wrong? What's missing? And Yaakov Avinu realizes what's missing. He realizes that a gathering of tzaddikim alone is not enough to bring the geula. And therefore he says afterwards, Hikovtsu v'shimu b'nei Yaakov. Gather, likabets refers to bringing people from distant places, people who are far away. Mekabets nikibit kibbutz nidochim. Nidoch means people who are rejected, dejected, distant. That's what's going to bring the Gula. It's brought that even though the Shekhinah left him, he was given the ability in his subsequent words to include, to hide the message as to what's needed to bring Moshiach. And the message there is, He kovtsu v'shimu b'nei Yaakov v'shimu el Yisroel avichem. The word kibbutz again means people from far away. The reason why he says Bnei Yaakov, and then he says Yisrael, why mentioning both names in the same pasuk? 
Yaakov is Miloshin Ekev, the heel of the foot. Bnei Yaakov refers to the people who are on the lowest level, the people who are furthest away. Yisroel is Li Roish, people on the top, Roish, the head. That what, what's required for Moshiach to come is a bringing together of the people who are very distant and very close. And we have a Shulchan Aruch, we have a Torah that tells us when it comes to non-Jews, exactly what we can do and what we can't do. How when a non-Jew comes to join the Jewish people, our first approach is to try to convince him that it's not necessary, it's difficult, maybe you shouldn't undertake this, etc., etc. If despite that, the non-Jew insists and wants to come close, then again, the Torah guides us as to what's involved in doing this properly in terms of the person studying Yiddishkeit, studying about Shabbos, Kashrus, and if the person is willing to accept upon themselves all of the rules of, of Yiddishkeit, obviously we don't teach them everything in one day or one month year. We teach the most important basics first, but then we make it clear that you're going to need to continue to be learning. Then that person can come and join Kal Yisrael. And regarding Balei Tshuva also, we're told that there's a concept of smoil doiche yemin mekarev, that it's not just, it's not unconditional love. It's a concept of, of, of yira and ahava, seeing if the person is serious and sincere, and, and then showing the person the love also, the combination, a healthy combination. Rav Nosson Sal is going to elaborate and clarify this in the next pages. And this is also what's meant when the Pesach says, five of you will pursue a hundred of them, and a hundred of you will pursue ten thousand of them. Your enemies will fall before you, in an unnatural way. Because once again, Rabbi Nezal said that in order for a person to be doing outreach, remember, Rabbi Nezal in the beginning of that chapter in the Kuturan spoke about bringing this das to other people, to the Ben and to the Talmud. And Rabbi Nezal said in order to be able to do it, the person must be a Yerei Shamayim. The person who's doing this must have real Yira, Dikdusha in order that their words should be heard and accepted. So, so Rabbi Nezal says later, a person has to be very strong. In order to have a share in the holy kingdom, Malchus is strength. And the person has to be very, very solid in the uh, regarding the truth, all the truths about Hashem and the Torah in their consciousness, in order to be able to be makari of others, because in the very end, the real truth is going to be revealed to the whole Jewish people and to the whole world. Because the Gemara says, truth stands solid. Sheker is wobbly. Sheker is on weak foundations. And even if it looks like it's standing, there's going to come a time when it's going to fall. 
the MS may eretz titzmach, and the Torah promises that the truth is going to sprout up from the from the from the earth. V'yalkein bevada yesh koyach lachamisha ha'oichesin b'ho emes lamitoi lirdoif meya, and therefore five people who are really connected to the emes lamitoi to the real truth of Yiddishkeit of Judaism of Torah definitely are powerful enough to chase after a hundred. How are we chasing after them? To chase after them by speaking words of truth. And by pleading and begging Hashem to succeed in this, to be able to succeed in bringing others close to Hashem. That's our sword, that's our weapons. Ad sheyich b'shuoisam, until we succeed in conquering them, v'yachnisu v'hem hadas v'amiti, and infusing them with the true das. V'yachakach u'meyo mikem revovo yerdoifu. And after that, a hundred of you will be able to chase after ten thousand. Hakol kanal, all following this pattern that we're talking about now. We know that in Breslov, there was once a time that there were five, only five people who were willing openly to say that they're Breslov. During the time of Rav Nassenzal, when there was the terrible, terrible Machlekes, and it was dangerous, it was life-threatening to be called, to be a Breslover, to, for people to know that you're Breslov. They would try, relig- supposedly religious Jews, would try to close down your parnasa, would try to get you divorced, Rahman al-Islam, try to destroy, wipe out Breslov completely. And there was a time that there were only five students who were loyal to Rav Zal and who were willing to, to show openly that they are. And we see what happened. We see that from those five came hundreds. And we see from the hundreds have become thousands today. Thousands, tens of thousands of people who are learning the Sfarim and who are being enlightened. And again, Breslov isn't the only game in town. It's not the only group of Jews that's involved in this. But we, we believe, Bemuna Shlema, that what the presentation that Rabbeinazal gives of Yiddishkeit is the most true, the most authentic presentation of Yiddishkeit, the Emeslamitoi. Vaoz, and then the Pasuk continues that Hashem says, Uponisi Alechem, I will turn to you, Vahakimoisi Esbrisi Itchem, and I will reestablish my covenant with you. Upirish Rashi, and Rashi Kodesh says, not like the original covenant that I made with you, that you destroyed, that you rebelled against. But rather, Hashem says, I will make a new covenant with Klal Yisrael that will never be, be destroyed. And Hashem said, and I will walk among you. Rashi says, I will walk among you in Gan Eden. Because again, the ultimate, ultimate goal of all of these promises is 
that the true tzaddikim will be zoichet to the ultimate pleasure in Gan Eden. She'ikar ta'anugam she'akiru v'yedu oisiz borach. And the ultimate pleasure in Gan Eden will be higher and higher levels of recognition of Hashem. Bechinas v'hoyisi lochem le'loikim. As it says over there in the Pasuk, and I will be your Hashem. Meaning you'll, you'll realize that and understand that to the highest levels. However, because of the fact that a person cannot and will not be zoichet to that unless they put in the proper effort on Friday, meaning while we're in this world, the next world is referred to as Shabbos. And our main struggle and effort while we're in this world is to get ourselves out of that curse that was placed upon us when Adam and Chav ate from the Eight which was especially relevant to eating. And to bring ourselves to a level where when we are eating, we're zoichet to he'oras harotzoin. Their eating was going against the will of Hashem. Our eating should bring us to the highest level of love and wanting to do the will of Hashem. Shehi bechinas mo rav tuvcha. This is what the Pasuk is referring to when it speaks about the ultimate, ultimate goodness that's reserved for tzaddikim in the future world. Once again, Rav Nassar reiterates, now you understand why the, the Parshas Bukhkoisei begins with Hashem saying, if you'll follow all my rules and you'll follow the Torah, you'll do everything right, I'll give you rain, you'll have food, the blessings of food. Because by, by increasing our das to the highest levels possible, we can be to this which is the ultimate goal, and that comes during Achila. Any questions? Now Rav Nosazal takes us back to the story of Yosef HaTzadik and his brothers and sheds incredible light and clarity on that. Paragraph Yudalid, V'yakoiv Mosar HaBechoro Lebnoi LeYosef. Yaakov Avinu ended up giving the birthright to his son Yosef HaTzadik. Ki ben zikunim huloi. The Torah says that the reason why Yaakov Avinu loved Yosef HaTzadik so much was because he was ben zikunim. Ben Zikunim has several definitions. It could mean the child that was born to him at his older age, that Yosef HaTzadik was one of the youngest children. And the Gemara says, Ben Zikunim Zokein Zekona Chachma. The word Zokein means Zekona. This person has acquired. What have they acquired? Chachma. How do we know that Chachma is an acquisition? It's a posik. Kenei Chachma, Kenei Bina, acquire. So the kone, the word Kona refers to Chachma. And Yosef HaTzadik was the one who was best suited to acquire the Chachma of Yaakov Avinu. As the, as the Medrash says, Umuva Bepirish Rashi, 
And Rashi Kodesh says this clearly, Shekol ma shalomad mishem veiver mosar loi. Everything that Yaakov Avinu had learned during those 14 years that he spent in the yeshiva of Shem Vever, he gave over to Yosef HaTzadik. And therefore, because Yaakov Avinu gave Yosef HaTzadik all the Chochmah and Das, that explains why the Bechoyro was given to Yosef. Shehi Bechinas Kedushas Hadas. Bechoyro is racious. Racious is Chochmah. This refers to that holy das, Shehat Sadik Tzorich Lahashir Levonov Ulatamid of Kanal, which Rabbein Nassau says there in Kanal that Sadik has to give over to his children and students. Ki Habechoyro Hoysamagiel Ruvain, because initially the Bechoyro belonged to Ruvain. He was actually the first son who was born to Yaakov Avinu. Ach Bechalalo Yitzui Oviv. However, when he interfered, and disgraced his father's bed by moving the bed, changing what Yaakov Avinu did, pogam bahadas, and when there's pegama bris, it's pegama das, the The effects of Yesoid reach all the way up to Abba and Ima, and Bina. So pogam and bris means pogam in das. As a result of that, the spiritual birthright was given over to Yosef HaTzadik, Shezoho Lishmor Hadas Beshlemus, who was zeched to, to be perfect in keeping his das. Ki Omad Ben Isoyen Shel because Yosef HaTzadik was given an incredible test in the area of Tikkun Abris with the wife of Potiphar, and he withstood, it, withstood the test. That's called protecting your das. That's called retaining your intellect. When a person is to be shomer habris, when a person is to be pure in the area of the relationship between men and women, the other tribes, his brothers, were jealous of him. And one of the reasons was because Yosef HaTzadik told his father, Yaakov Avinu, all the bad things that his brother was, brothers were doing. And therefore they suspected that Yosef HaTzadik was guilty of the bad things that he's saying about them. As the Gemara says in Kiddush, page 70, Kol HaPoysel B'Mumoy Poysel that very often when a person says something bad about another person, he's a big Balgaiva, very often the person saying that is the Balgaiva. That's why he's saying that. He sees in another person a reflection of himself. So they thought that Yosef HaTzadik telling over these bad things about them implies that Yosef HaTzadik has all of these bad character- characteristics. Gam, in addition, Histaklu beruach hakodesh. Look who we're talking about here. These shvotim had ruach hakodesh. They were able to see into the future, and they saw sheyetsumimenu yeravom viachov, and they saw that from Yosef Hatzadik, from his descendants, would be yeravom benavot, 
one of the leading idol worshippers of all time, and Achav, the evil, evil king Achav, also major idol worshipper. Sheyavdu avodizara. And therefore his brothers suspected that he's also fooling his father like Esau fooled his father. To the point where they made a decision that it's permissible and a mitzvah to murder Yosef HaTzadik, to kill him. And this goes back to the dream that Yosef HaTzadik told his brothers in the beginning of Parshas Vayeshev. All of us are gathering together bundles of grain in the field. And my bundle stood up tall and all of your bundles bowed down to mine. And his brothers said to him, do you think you're going to rule over us? Because the truth is, the brothers were mistaken regarding Yosef HaTzadik. He was really a tzaddik and a great person. And he was the one who was zeichet to receive the, the, the greatest portion of das from, from their father, from Yaakov Avinu. And that's why Yosef HaTzadik was shown in a dream that he will be the one to rule. He will be the leader. And look at this. In what manner was he shown this in the dream? They're gathering bundles of grain, bundles of produce. This goes back to what we're speaking about throughout this halacha. That when a person is such a person can receive if that person is Melech and Moishel, if that person is Ishchayel. And therefore, Yosef HaTzadik was shown in this dream that he achieved all of this. And they hinted this to him specifically regarding bundles of produce in the field. Which represents Parnasa. To show that Yosef HaTzadik was Zoyche to real kingdom and leadership, and that's where all the produce comes from. It all comes via the Malchus. As Rabbi Nezal shows there in Likud Imran, that when Daniel interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream, and in his dream he saw a tree from which every living being was being nourished from this tree, the birds, the reptiles, the animals, the human beings, Everyone drew their nourishment from this tree, and Daniel told him, you're the tree. The, the tree is the king. The malchus is the source from which all shefa comes from. Yosef HaTzadik was to the kingdom, to the rulership, 
as a result of the great level of das that he received from Yaakov Avinu. And his brothers understood what he was trying to communicate, how he was, how Yosvat Sadik was interpreting the dream. Therefore, they were envious of him. And they said to him, You're going to rule over us? Because they said it's the exact opposite. Shemate esavim. He's fooling his father. Yosvat Tzadik is fooling daddy. Veroitzel limsha velimloch b'malucha de sitra And Yosvat Tzadik wants to be the boss. He wants to rule, but from the malchus coming from the other side. Kimo Yeravam sheyet yotzamimenu. Like King Yeravam, who's a descendant of Yosvat Tzadik. Shemolach al Yisrael, who ruled over the ten tribes. The Hechtioisamaoid and caused them to make major, major sins of idol worship, through the two golden calves that Yerovim Benavot made, and he used magic to be able to make it seem as if this was a divine thing. Because regarding money and wealth, it can go in two directions. Because the source within holiness from which money comes from, from which wealth comes from, is a very, very high place from the throne of Hashem. In, in the Likud Imran chapter that this halacha is based on, chapter 7 in the second half of Likud Imran, Rabbi Nezal shows there that wealth and parnasa comes from the Yodayim, from the hands that are in the Sea of Chachma. And Rabbein Azal discuss, explains this over there based on a chapter in Tehillim and how Rabbein Azal expounds on this. V'yalkein meir shom he'oros haratzayim. And therefore, in money, in wealth, in food, can be shining this incredible high light called he'oros haratzayim. Avol ein zoiche kiim hatzadik ho'emes, but the only ones who are zoiche to connect to that high-level spiritual light that's found in money, in wealth, in food, are the tzadik ho'emes, the hanilvim elov be'emes, and those who are really attached to him. Shemekablin meaning, how, how is one really attached to the tzadik emes? They accept his knowledge. They receive the knowledge of the tzadik emes, and they live by that. They follow his guidance. Shemeir beben v'talmid. This das which the tzaddik shines into the son and the student, all the different levels. However, on the opposite end, mi she'ein hadas one who does not receive proper das from the true tzaddikim, and especially those people who oppose this tzaddik who is giving out this das, their downfall comes about through money, through wealth. Because down below, in the lower levels, all... <coughs> 
all the gashness, all the materialism is attached to money. As Rabbi Nazan speaks about this in chapter 23, and as it says in the Pasuk, I gave them a lot of money, silver and gold, and the gold they turned into idols. Rabbi Nazan says, take a look in Yoridea, in Hilchas Avoidesora, Halacha Gimel of Rav Nosnazal, where he expounds on this. V'alkein to'u ha-shvotim, and this is why the shvotim made a mistake. V'omru she-yosef roitzarim l'chaleim b'malchus de sitra They saw <coughs> that the message in the dream is malchus, but they thought his malchus is malchus de sitra achra. Ad she-hitiru as-domoi, to the point where they considered it permissible to kill him, just like a, a Jew is allowed to kill Amalek, to kill Haman, to kill Agag. <clears throat> Question in the chat. Can we please explain why Yosef HaTzadik isn't considered guilty of speaking Loshon Hara about his brothers to Yaakov? And why did he tell them his dream? <clears throat> Didn't he realize that this was going to antagonize them? First of all, Lashon Hara, a person needs to learn the laws of Lashon Hara properly to know what's Lashon Hara or not. <clears throat> I mentioned this in the past, I believe, but again, worth repeating. My Rebbe, Reb Michal Dorfman, accomplished a lot in his life and especially when he came to Eretz Yisrael, when he was in his 60s, those last 30 years of his life approximately, he was living in Yerushalayim, he was in the Breslov community, he took over the leadership of the koilel in Meisharim, the, the learning in, in the shul in Meisharim, and the shul, and he was responsible for all of that. And then when Uman opened up, he became responsible for building the, the, the shul and the mikvahs for the tens of thousands of people who would come to Uman for Rosh Hashanah and throughout the year. And like any person who's doing important things and good things, the person has some opposition. There was opposition, there were, there were difficulties, there were painful things that he went through because of it. And at one point, one of the people that was working with him told him that, that someone said certain bad things about him, etc., etc. And Remichel asked, who is it? And the person refused to say. He said that, I don't want to say, meaning I, I don't want to speak Lashon Hara. And I saw that Remichel was disappointed. And having lived with Remichel day and night for many, many years, I, I understood that there was something underneath. The next day, Reb Michal came to shul and he took a Sefer Hamidos and he showed me where Rabbi Nezal in Sefer Hamidos speaks about Lashon Hara and Rabbi Nezal there brings <clears throat> that when a person is telling something over to a close friend, a, a, real, a, a real close friend <clears throat> about someone else, it's, there's not, nothing wrong with it, nothing wrong at all, you know. Obviously, you need to know more details about when and how exactly this is the case. And Remichel said, obviously, this person is not a close friend. If they think that this would be Lashon Horan telling me, 
And it was left at that. And it was a very important message that there are times that people think that they're being religious, they think they're being extra-religious, chassid. And, and the Torah says, v'loi amaoretz chassid. A person needs to really learn a lot. This isn't for, for comic books, and it's not for cartoons, and it's not for girls to say that shmiras haloshen and loshen hara, loshen hara. A person needs to know what they're talking about, really to know what they're talking about. When, when Yosef HaTzadik went to his father, he went only with the hope that they could, he could help his brothers, that it wasn't tattletaling on them to get them in trouble, in quotes. It was to try to fix the situation. He knew that these are the leading tzaddikim in the world at the time, and that they, they were making important mistakes. They were, one example is what we spoke about earlier, the topic, on the topic of outreach, the topic we're speaking about here, that among the, the wives of, of Yaakov Avinu, there were four wives, Rachel and Leah, who were called regular wives, and there were Bilha and Zilpah, who were originally maidservants. They were called Shvachis, maidservants. And Yosef HaTzadik's brothers <coughs> had a superiority feeling and therefore they refused to associate with the Bnei Hashfachais, with the other brothers. And Yisvat Sadik understood that this is a mistake. The Torah says, V'hu nar es Bnei Vila ves Bnei Zilpa. Yisvat Sadik reached out to his brothers, the Bnei Bil and Zilpa, to be Makariv them, etc. And, and we know that especially those tzaddikim that are involved in outreach, they're the ones who experience the greatest opposition and difficulty because that's the greatest mission. That's the most important mission is bringing people who are far close to Hashem. So Yosef Sadik's intentions were 100% pure. And in informing his brothers about the dream, a tzaddik knows what he's allowed to tell people and what he's not allowed to tell people. Yosef Sadik knew that they needed to hear this. They needed to know this. And it was their test to see if they were going to interpret it correctly, if they were going to assume that just because they see that Yeruvam ben Avot is going to come out of him, that doesn't mean he's Yeruvam. Yitzchak Avinu was one of the holiest tzaddikim that ever lived, despite the fact that he had a son, Esau Harosha. Everyone has Bechira. It doesn't mean, and just because your daddy is a big tzaddik doesn't mean you're going to be a big tzaddik. It doesn't go over Beirusha that way. So Yosef HaTzadik, everything he did, we're going to see Rav Nosan Zal is giving us insights one after another now to clarify what's going on. We're not finished yet. He's going to explain exactly in more and more detail where the mistakes were. And, and Yosef HaTzadik, we see, we see the Torah shows that despite the fact that he had to go down to Mitzrayim and go through what he went through in Potiphar's house, 10 years in Egyptian prison, and then another two years, the cherry on top, because he said something that was slightly... And despite, through, through that Yerida, he got to the top of the top of the top, where Paroi, the king of the world, admits that I got a boss, all for the boss, that the real boss is Yosef HaTzadik, he's in charge. I can't run the economy of the world. He can. He's qualified to run the economy of the world, and no one makes a move without him. At Kedekach. Another question? 
Why should Lashon Hara to a close friend be an exception? Because when they're the right kind of close friends, there's nothing negative there. It's only about helping the person. When someone is sharing something negative about another person, the intention on both sides is only to see can, what can we do to help the other person, either by approaching them, speaking to them, or by davening for that person. There's nothing negative involved. The source in Sefer Amidos, Belineta will try to pre- 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 present it tomorrow, Mitzvah in the next year. We'll hold it over here for now. Wishing everybody a wonderful day. We should be zeichet to to be mehanilv meila from those who want to come close to the true tzaddik, and 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 receive the das of the tzaddik. Each one of us on our level as much as we can, and be zeichet to participate in bringing this the broadcasting this das to the world the right way, and which will lead to the gula shlema. Amen.